Hey friend, thanks so much for meeting me here at Frothy Monkey in beautiful downtown Franklin, Tennessee. It's a great place to get a good cup of joe and share together in some good conversation. Anyway, be looking at the menu. I know you're new here. Decide what you want. Text it to me. I'm going to go ahead and get in line and place our order. Hey, you're listening to Guat.Rocks, God, the world, and other things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, always advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. This is March 31st, 2021, the end of the first quarter of this year. A lot has happened, folks. And if you have an ear to hear and an eye to see and a mind to think, you have to know, regardless of where you are on the political spectrum, you have to know that this is the most crisis time in the history of the world, beyond World War I, beyond World War II, beyond the Korean War, beyond the Vietnam War, that the world condition and the things that are happening at breakneck speed are out of control. The God of this world, and that's what the little G, Satan, is no God. He is a created being. He is a fallen angel. He is the head of the, it appears to be the head of the, the fallen angels, the third that were kicked out of heaven. But he is, the Bible says, the God of this world. He is the prince of the power of the air. And at this moment, he is having a heyday across the world in every circumstance like I've never seen, like anyone that you can talk to has ever seen. My wife's father is almost 92 years old. And in his lifetime, with all that he's been through, never seen anything like this. There is nothing to compare it to. Now, as I say that, you may say, Kenny, you keep talking like this. I'm going to turn your podcast off. Dear friend, if you'll stay with me, my words are meant to encourage you, but it is not right of me to withhold the truth from you and to say peace, peace when there is no peace. And so today the podcast is for your personal peace in the midst of this absolutely, extremely agitated world. And it's growing more agitated by the day. My prayer is, is that God would intervene and that he would show us some crack in this onslaught of evil to where righteousness prevails. To date, it is not prevailing. In the end, will it prevail? Absolutely. Jesus is King of King and Lord of Lords. But the point of it is, is that we are in crisis. And the reason why there is so much depression, so much suicide, so much alcoholism, so much drug addiction, so much turning inward is because people know it and they don't know what to do about it. And so against that backdrop, I have a good word for you from the book of Revelation. And it's timely. It's timely that in Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 through 13, we hear of the one church that really shines who is faithful. And Jesus has some strong words of encouragement to this church in Philadelphia who lived where synagogue of Satan is found also. We've already heard of one synagogue of Satan. But what this means, when you hear the term synagogue of Satan, it is Jews who are living in that area who are in opposition to Christians who normally are people that were once in Judaism who have come out. There are now people who are coming to faith through the witness of converted Jews here in Philadelphia. And so there are people in that region who are now being saved, and they have now comprised a church. We don't know how large that church actually was, but there is now a group of people who are Christians who have come out of the world and come out of Judaism. And the synagogue there, Jesus says they're liars. They don't know me. They don't have communion with me, that they are a synagogue of Satan. And against this backdrop, this difficulty that this stellar church was having to endure, Jesus has this to say, starting in verse 7. 
write to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. Thus says the Holy One, the True One, the one who has the key of David, who opens and no one will close, and who closes and no one opens. I know your works. Look, I have placed before you an open door that no one can close because you have but little power, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Note this, I will make those from the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews and are not but are lying, I will make them come and bow down at your feet, and they will know that I have loved you. Because you have kept my command to endure, I will also keep you from the hour of testing that is going to come on the whole world to test those who live on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one takes your crown. The one who conquers, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will never go out again. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my new name. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Folks, I'm going to cut right to the chase. You can look up the history of Philadelphia. Uh, but here's the point. The theme of this letter to the pastor and the people of the church in Philadelphia is the temple of God. That's the entire motif. Jesus reveals himself to be the holy, true, absolute authority of heaven who controls all access to the temple of God. He says that he is the holy one. That means he's morally pure. He's righteous in all his ways, and he is set up and worthy of worship. He also says that he's the true one. That means he's the real deal. He is genuine. He's not hiding behind a mask. He is the only one who is really God. It says that he is the steward of heaven. This is a reference out of the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah, chapter 22, verse 22, where it says, And I will place on his shoulder, talking about Eliakim, it says, I will place on his shoulder the key of the house of David. He shall open, and none shall shut, and he shall shut, and none shall open. That means Jesus is the doorkeeper of the temple of God. He is the only one in all the universe like this. Those who are tenacious in word and in deed for the cause of Christ who are tenacious and strong against this strong satanic attack by those who claim to worship God, though these are inferior in strength compared to the onslaught, it says that they're weak. What does it say? It says they will have a permanently open door into heaven, which no one can ever shut. So friend, in the end, the evil ones will be revealed as fakes and forced to bow before those they persecuted and honor them as the true children of the faith loved by Jesus. Also, those who faithfully endure will be kept from the hour of testing that is coming on the whole world to test those who live on the earth. Also, those who faithfully endure to the end will gain an all-powerful passport into heaven. Jesus said, I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my new name. If you'll notice this my, 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 through Jesus's communication here, he makes it clear this whole ball of wax belongs to me, and I'm in full, total control, regardless of what it looks like on the earth at the time of your existence. You know, there are a couple of mystery phrases here. It says, I will also keep you from the hour of testing that is going to come on the whole world to test those who live on the earth. This seems to point to a physical removal or some sort of an earth protection, because the entire book it details the horrific judgment of God that will be poured out on the earth. Some say this passage supports the concept of what they call the rapture. That means the drawing up, the catching away. I'm not sure what it actually means. And friend, no one knows what it means in its entirety. Here's the overarching point, though. It's the faithfulness of God that we will enjoy 
the miraculous intervention and protection in the midst of global challenges that God sends to put the earth to the test. So friend, for those who are faithful to God in the midst of an onslaught of evil, friends, that's us, that's where we are today, that God has given you and me, if we walk in faithfulness before him, and if we continue to serve him and walk in obedience to his word, and we don't deny his word, and we carry out his commandments, what's going to happen? That God is going to give us his miraculous intervention and protection. That next verse, in verse 11, it says, I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one takes your crown. The idea that an, an oppressor can take our crown is disturbing at first glance. What does it mean so that no one takes your crown? We can superimpose what we think crown means, but we don't know all the nuances that are implied. In this case, the call to keep holding on is what is central here. Oppressors were seeking to unseat the faithful by wicked oppression, and Jesus' word to them is to just keep holding on to Jesus and holding on to their faith, and he will soon make it all right. Dear friend, this is a timely word for me and you. Friend, I'm telling you, I'm warning you, I'm encouraging you, I'm, I'm doing all I can to ring the bell that you and I need to work on our personal relationship with Jesus. We need to work on where we stand with him, and we need to ensure that our minds are so fixed on him and his word and listening to his spirit that we are battle-hardened for the time of oppression that we are in, and if it grows, that we will be challenged with. What I know is there is a mystery to all of this that we don't fully understand. When Peter talks about us making our calling and election sure, when Jesus is warning us to hold on to what you have with the implication that perhaps we might could let go, we don't understand all that that means. I do know that the scripture clearly teaches that once a person accepts Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior or her personal Lord and Savior, that we have life eternal. That means life that lasts forever in God's presence. So this concept that it means loss of salvation is not a a fact. That is absolutely not what it means. But friends, there's some sort of a mystery involved that it's possible that we can walk up very close to the end and yet at the last moment have our crown snatched away. And so I don't know if that has to do with us sometimes being a mystery to ourselves. I do know that it's possible as human beings that we can be in self-deception and as I pointed out, I believe in the last podcast, that it says on that day when the, the wicked stand before God for judgment, they're going to say, Lord, Lord. So there's a mystery to it. And the fact of the matter is, you don't understand all there is to it, and I don't understand all there is to it. The thing that we've, that we've got to focus on is we've got to grab a hold of Jesus like we've never held on to him before. We have to focus our attention on Jesus like we've never focused our attention before. We have to inundate our minds with the word of God like we've never inundated our minds before. And we have to brace for hard impact. It's here. God made it clear to me that that was coming and it's here and it's not slowing down. Now, as I said, we can pray, God, save us from this. God, give us reprieve. And perhaps this is not the wind to the very end. And if the saints of God will cry out in unison in our hearts in prayer towards him in steadfastness steadfastness and holiness, that perhaps God will hear our cry and give us a reprieve. And the people throughout the entire world who are being oppressed by this rise of evil, by the people who are seeking to do a global reset, folks, they're not even trying to hide what they're about. They're brazen in their efforts to completely control every aspect of your life and mine. 
It's very real. The threat is very real, and it's here. And the fact that they're so overt about it says that they are giving us an assessment as to where they think they are on the 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 uh, plateau of enforcing it and invoking it. And so, folks, against this backdrop, you and I have got to be diligent for the Lord. We have to be telling others about Jesus. We've got to be spending time in His Word. And we have to keep our mo- our focus on Him and our minds on Him. And not allow any other thing to distract us and cause us to falter. God will give us the strength to do it. And He's given us the promise of blessing beyond measure. And so, folks, all of these things coming together to say, Hey, signed, sealed, and delivered, heaven is ours. And so, friends, in the midst of the turmoil... When we turn to Jesus, we gain tenacity, we gain strength, we gain faith, and we gain favor. And so I encourage you, friend, let's walk together in faithfulness to Jesus in these trying days. And with that, I bid you peace.